Hey everybody, this is Josh McKinney. I just want to welcome you to episode 49 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. Now I know today, the hope, the goal, the idea, Monday, June 1st, was to release the episode 50. And, uh, you know, episode 50 is still being worked on. It is still getting ready but it is going to be amazing. I don't feel like I ever over uh, commit on this show. I don't feel like I'm ever like, oh, this is gonna be so good. And, and it's like, all right. I don't think I'm ever like, oh, this is gonna be so good. I just kind of usually will let people draw their own conclusions out of fear of overselling. But I really believe that this episode, and I also, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you guys, but I'm doing a giveaway with it. Um, and should I? Do, I'll just tell you guys now. If you if you listen to episode 49, maybe you're not just here for the episode 50 excellent giveaway, the ebook that I wrote and audiobook with it, simplifying jujitsu. Uh, this will be totally free to listeners of the show. Even if you're already signed up for our email list, it is still completely free listeners of the show and just that in itself the ebook in itself i i really i would i would be willing to say and this is including my my knee cut instructional that i made with bjj fanatics that i really felt good about i really loved i really enjoyed doing i'd be willing to say that this ebook is the best creative thing that I have ever done jujitsu wise uh, or creative thing that I've ever done. Probably um, what you'll, what you'll find is uh, I pretty much put a lot of the stuff that I, I preach and I talk about and I explain on the show uh, into an ebook. It's very short, very simple, very easy to read, but I really think that somebody reading that ebook could be uh could be huge for their jiu-jitsu. Uh, we break down the five positions that I always talk about um, that we only train at my gym. We break down the order of importance. We break down everything in the ebook. I really, honestly, I'm so excited just about the ebook alone. Now, what we're gonna do for episode 50, I actually didn't plan on telling you guys what we were gonna do, but I just made the statement what we're gonna do for episode 50, so I guess I better tell you guys. We are gonna do something called the perfect practitioner. And um, I, I think there's probably, I think you can always probably look at things and say, maybe nobody's ever done this before in jujitsu, but I'm pretty sure that nobody has ever done. I've listened to every podcast ever, but I'm pretty sure nobody's ever done anything like this in jujitsu. What we're going to do is instead of take going with one guest where we take like a deep dive into uh I, you know, what, their backstory into their opinion on something. We take uh, quite a few dives with different interviewees. Um, some of the people confirmed are going to be, I'm actually in like an hour and a half going to record with Kyle Watson and he and I are going to discuss and he's going to kind of go through with me to the ideal uh, game plan, the ideal way to get good at stand up 
you know, get good at takedowns. That's something people struggle with. And uh, my dad, Steve McKinney, is going to be on um, also a black belt. If you guys haven't listened to his episodes, I assume you guys have listened to his episodes. Uh, I don't know how he pulled it off, but both episodes that he is recorded on are like the two highest interviews uh, that there are on the show. And so I'm going to have him on and we are going to discuss what it takes to uh, nutrition wise to be a practitioner and it's not the perfect competitor okay so you don't have to go in thinking that this is going to be like a competition focused thing where um, you're going to be left out if you're not a competitor it is the perfect practitioner we're going to touch on some competitive stuff but the main idea of it is going to be uh, what would be perfect for a jiu-jitsu practitioner how could they set up i actually just confirmed i think this will be fun too uh i am going to have my wife on for a segment of it we're going to talk about the pros and cons of what it is like training with a significant other and what it's not like because we were together for a very long time before she ever started training and uh, we can discuss those pros and cons some of the fears that people have about their significant other training and uh some of the hopes that they have that maybe aren't true about their significant other training. You know, we're going to break this down and I'm going to try to get a few more uh, interviews. Usually I have stuff planned out very far in advance for the show, but this one, uh, I'm just, I'm really just trying to make it as good as possible. And so I'm trying to get a lot in there for you on top of the free giveaway of simplifying jujitsu. Now, that's enough about episode 50. We're still on episode 49. Episode 49 is really, really fun. Uh, I really think you guys are going to like it. It came about because I was messaging with my friend, Danny O'Donnell. If you guys don't know who he is, uh, he runs the Open Guard cast. Uh, it is a podcast with he and Jake Watson. And they, it's similar to this, to be honest. They uh, do a lot of jujitsu interviews but i think something that differs with them because jake is probably one of the most active competitors in the world and they will really really push um match breakdowns and they'll really do a lot of other interesting stuff and uh it's funny it seems like a lot of people that they have on like jake kind of knows through either fighting them or fighting their teammates. But uh, as me and Danny are talking and I wanted Danny to be on, he said, hey, could we both be on Jake and I? And uh, I loved the idea. And Jake and I actually met at Purple Belt when we fought. That was the first time we ever met. We became friends and it was, uh, uh, we get into the story, so I won't get too deep into it, but uh, just a really cool group of guys. They're just, I really like both of them. And the only mistake that I made with this podcast was stopping the recording. Uh, about an hour in, when we were done with the episode, I paused. We talked for like 30 minutes more. And, you know, it was about jujitsu and it was a ton of fun. And I wish that I had recorded that. But I promise what I did record is really good. It's really fun. I really know that you guys will enjoy it. Because uh, I know I did. I had a lot of fun with those two and uh, they are just a hilarious group of guys. So without further ado, here is the episode where the Open Guard cast takes over the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. 
All right. I'm sitting down with my buddies, Jake Watson and Danny O'Donnell. How are you guys doing today? Did good. How are you doing? Good, man. You guys, you guys both paused waiting for the other guy to say something. And then you both said it at the same time. It was, yeah, it was almost like you guys, I don't know, like you, you, yeah, you guys got something going. So you guys should, should start a podcast or something. <clears throat> You're, that's a good idea, Justin. Yeah. That's a fantastic <laughs> idea. Yeah, we so, thought about it. Yeah, and so if you don't know who Jake Watson and Danny O'Donnell are, they probably do a lot of other relevant stuff, but they have a great podcast called The Open Guard Cast. And um, they basically at gunpoint said, hey, we're coming on your show. And I, I like, who was I to say no? They overpowered me. And so that is why they're here. That's why we're talking and we're hanging out with these guys. The real story is I get an email because Danny's uh, smart, right? <laughs> so Danny knows how to work this thing called Gmail, right? And uh, he, made, he made a, a calendar. I don't even know how you, uh, uh, this is not a joke. I don't know how to make a calendar in Gmail or like a, a Google uh, calendar. Yeah, Google count. What the hell? A Google calendar. So I, uh, I get an email saying, open guard cast takeover with Josh McKinney. I'm like, huh? I love Josh McKinney. I love his show. Are we going on Josh McKinney's show or is he coming on our show? And then it turns out I didn't even have to push record today. You did for me. So that's pretty much the difference. Dude, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. What do you guys use to record your podcast? You Skype. You Skype. Yeah, we thought about doing Zoom, but uh, I don't know. I was just kind of doing some research before we started it, and it sounded like the audio was a little bit better on Skype. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I kind of feel like when I listen to podcasts, the audio is better when people record with Zoom. I do think that my audio was better f- with Skype because that's what I used for a long period of time. But yeah. it was the ease of being able to invite people. That was the only reason I switched to Zoom is because like you guys get that email and it marks on your Google calendar and it's so easy uh, in Skype. Like it's just people have to have Skype and stuff like that. People don't have to, you just click a button. I'll go with that to be honest. Yeah. We've had, we've had like multiple (laughs) guests who were like spending 15 minutes trying to look up their names in Skype. (laughs) I saw Danny laughing, but while you were talking about it, I knew exactly, I know the person he's thinking about. Like I know the exact. Could you guys not get them on? No, just Connor Daniels didn't know how to use Skype. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and we're like like connor this is the link just follow this link like just what's your name on skype and he sends us like his full name and then he sends us his email and then he said like dude it's a live colon a bunch of numbers and then uh-huh. we finally got him on after literally 25 minutes like we we had like a time slot luckily i didn't have anything else to do the rest of the day otherwise it would have been like dude i can't do the podcast now Pretty embarrassing on both ends. So worst one that I did was I was going to interview Kenny Florian. I was super excited, nervous about it. So I was like, I need to make sure I cover all my bases. And so you can like, you can send people different. You can send people invites through different ways, like through email, through a calendar invite on Zoom. Yeah. And so I, I was like, I'll just send them all the invites. I'll send them every single one. I didn't realize I was creating a different meeting room each time so the first seven minutes that we're supposed to be on i'm like man this guy must be busy he's not showing up he was waiting in a different meeting room for me to start the podcast (laughs) that is funny that's that was one of my favorite ones you did by the way yeah did you like that that was probably my favorite one um to do i thought that he was uh besides this one of course 
you know, that's yeah, bes- yeah. besides yeah. this. Did right. it, you didn't have to say it? You didn't have to say it, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not done with this one, so I can't reflect and say this is my favorite episode. I just know it's going to be, right? This has been my favorite one of your episodes just even <laughs> in, this, in this past six minutes. <laughs> just kidding. So uh, just wanted to start, you know, I wanted to just ask you, Jake, you have uh, two big super fights or, or a super fight and a division that you have coming up. Is that correct? It's two big divisions, actually. So, oh, they're both? Uh, okay. There was talks that I was going to fight uh, fight Twin, but I've been going through a lot of changes in my diet lately. I'm just trying to find out what works best for me to maintain 185 if I was going to fight at 185. But I don't want to. I want to go up to 195 because I like lifting and eating a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, like I said it on our – I've said about it before on our episode. Natalia Chantry is – she's the uh, probably the best sports nutritionist I've ever seen. And she has been like just – She's like, hey, everything you're eating now, stop eating it. <laughs> eat what I tell you to eat. And then I did. I've been doing that for like the past 21 days. I lost like nine pounds and I've just, I've stayed the same muscle. Like I feel like I'm just as strong, just as fast, better cardio, but I've lost a bunch of fat, which is awesome. And I've just been trying to go through all that. And it seems a little stressful to fight at like 200 pounds and then still be like 182, which is what I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. So I decided I was going to wait to fight fight twin until I was a little heavier. Uh, but I am probably next in line for a title shot, so that's really cool. Nice. Uh, yeah, dude. Either, either I don't, I don't know yet, but either Lovato Jr. or Marcus Tinoco is looking like the two possible outlet uh, avenues I would go down. But the two that are actually coming up that I'm like 100% committed to is uh, Third Coast Grappling on June 6th, and then the week after in Florida, Jits King, which is a crazy bracket. Do you see that bracket, dude? Yeah, that that yes. is. So who do you have first in the – which one did I see the, the schedule for? I think the Jets King one. Who do you have first in that? Jets King, I don't know. That's a 16-man invitational. Uh, they're not releasing the bracket until a week before. But the third coast, I know the bracket of. I'm fighting Lucas Valente first. Okay. I fought, I fought Lucas Valente once. I think I was beating him two to nothing. And um, I feel like this is a great avenue to tell a great story. But he footlocked <laughs> it, okay? So he footlocked <laughs> me. But uh, – you would think, man, Josh, is that though, you know, it was at Worlds, I would have, I think I would have placed if I would have beaten him at Brown Belt. And you would say, Josh, is that the worst time you've ever been straight ankle locked? And the answer to that would be no. So one time, the situation is this, it's no gi Worlds, I'm a Purple Belt, it's my second year training, at, or, or, or competing at Purple Belt no gi Worlds. My first year, I lost to Benjamin Silva by ref's decision in the placing round. And so I'm really feeling good. I'm like, okay, I'm just looking. I don't recognize the first name. He's this like 12-year-old kid. I don't have any worries with him. You know, so I'm just going to just ignore who that is. And I'll have Dante Leon in the second match. And so I start to like, I'm like, man, I'm starting to look up stuff about this kid. It's really hard to find stuff because he's young. Like, man, I can't find anything about him. Well, I'll just go out and wing it. And so he straight ankle locked me in like, seven seconds and his name was jake watson and, uh, it was it was a really it was a really and then to to just add insult to injury so i won't name the company but I, if you looked back on my instagram you could figure out who it is i had a sponsorship and they were just moving into starting making rash guards they made one rash guard and gave it to me as their sample and they're like hey we want you to wear it so we can get pictures of you 
at competing at Nogi Worlds. I was like, cool. Well, I got submitted so fast that they didn't get any pictures of me. And then they never talked to me again. <sighs> I didn't know that. I'm so, so this, horrible now. <laughs> this is your story. <laughs> so Jake literally submitted me so fast that I lost a sponsorship. I lost, <laughs> they never talked to me again. Okay, seven seconds is not that I would put it past my purple vault self to do something like that, but I was not. You had a, it was a good exchange, and then eventually the fight wound up ending by submission. You put me in deep half, and you almost swept, and it was it was a back and forth exchange. I found a footlock. Don't make don't don't. Okay, we're friends. Okay. Yeah, we're he, friends. He here. found a footlock, <laughs> but um, yeah, he's he's also bringing up just a lot of feelings in my. Sorry, <laughs> you were asking me how you set me up. You set me up for that. Yeah, that was a. That's in the in the biz. That's what we call a, an avenue. There, that was. A, yeah, that the, was. The, the Lucas Valenti, the Footlock, the whole the whole darn thing. You were um, pandering. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, just kind of, and I, you know, Jake, Jake, I just asked you something, so I kind of will direct this at Danny, but probably have both of you answer. What made you guys want to get into podcasting? Well, Danny, take care of it first. So for me, it was, I mean, I'm like a huge jiu-jitsu nerd, so I know you had, uh, I think it was Jeff Serafinon who was talking about how much competition he watches. So I watch, like, a ton. So I'm, like, really into, like, the upcoming blue and purple and brown belts and stuff. And I just felt like a lot of the jiu-jitsu podcasts, they seem to have, like, a lot of the same guests on. A lot of like, well-known black belts and all that. I felt like there's kind of a lack of interviews with some of the guys who are coming up. So I just wanted to create something where they kind of and people would kind of get to know them before they became like the big break. That makes sense. You're, is Jake, is his microphone going in and out on yours? It's going in and out a little bit. Yeah, it's very little. Like people understood what you said, but uh, I just noticed that it was. Go ahead, sing for us, Danny. Sing for us. Sound better now? Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those things. Do you have your like voice activation on? I'm glad this no, is a me, casual podcast. Let me try podcast. turning it off and then... And then Dude, that's that's all I know about any technology is you unplug it and plug it back in. Yeah, and if it's one of those things that are too small, you just grab some rice and you put it in there overnight, and then it'll work again. I don't. Anybody? Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. I didn't. I've never done the rice thing. Well, neither have I had to. I've been pretty <laughs> fortunate up until this point. Yeah. All right. Is is that any better? Yeah, dude. I think I think that might be good. We'll we'll test it, and if not, we'll just talk over you a bunch. <laughs> well, this no really mean. Yeah. That works. <laughs> so, Jake, what made you want to start podcasting? Okay, uh, fun story. I, w I really wanted to be a news anchor, actually. I didn't want to be a jiu-jitsu athlete until I was 17. So I did jiu-jitsu from like 12 all the way, you know, I was 12 when I fought you. But uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, from 12 until like 17, I was doing, you know, jiu-jitsu. There was a time where I was doing MMA and I quit that, but I wanted to do be a news anchor because I was in this video production program in high school. And then uh, going into my senior year, I, I just something clicked and I wanted to do jiu-jitsu. And I always had those kind of like, I, I love media and I love filmmaking. I love making music. I love a, a whole bunch of stuff outside of jiu-jitsu. But podcasting is something that I've always wanted to leave a unique legacy with my jiu-jitsu, right? I don't want to just be real like – I don't even want to be remembered for what I've done. I wanted to, I want to be remembered for what I've showed other people can do and like how I've helped the community instead of just being that guy who's like me, 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 me. I want it to be everybody else because I think that there's power in the people who are on the couch who need something to do, not just the power in the people who are 
quote, like special athletes who are, you know, top. And Danny has, Danny and I have known each other for a very long time, actually. We didn't really become like close enough friends to do a podcast together until like maybe last year. But I remember like I, Danny has done articles with the Arizona Jiu-Jitsu Federation and with, he's even done some stuff for Gracie Mag, right? Yeah, just a few. But yeah, yeah Ooh, that sounds better. You sound like you're a, a different I updated, man. I updated some of the settings. Oh, he oh, updated the software. Now he Seriously. sounds like a... I want him to read me a bedtime story. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> get a job with uh, what's that app? Calm. Get, get a job with oh. them. I'll put some. <laughs> I'll put some super nice. I'll bust out the guitar, play some super nice music, and have you read us like a little tale. Ooh, That'd be awesome. That'd be sick. That's a second. That sounds one. better. Sorry about that. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, seriously. I don't even. I don't even want to do the podcast anymore. I just want to hear you talk. <laughs> Can you just tell me stuff about your life? Uh, I'm not going to ask you anything though. Yeah. Please read the full monologue from Taken when. <laughs> when I need a deeper he, voice for that. <clears throat> and a slight Irish accent. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so you you know you guys started this. How it hasn't been that long? What three months? Four months? Something like that. Yeah, the beginning of January was our first episode. Are you oh. serious? Yeah. We've only been going for four months? Oh, my God. I yeah. thought it was way longer than that. <laughs> and the, the reason I remember that is because it was right after the fight twin in Scottsdale in January. And, like, we wanted to we, – we, I guess we kind of wanted to commentate it to start. But we felt like a lot of the people, like, weren't getting their the proper credit that they were due that were competing on the card. So we kind of did, like, a little breakdown where we talked about their backgrounds, like their strengths and weaknesses, what the good matchups were. Stuff like that. And we just kind of wanted to put that out there first just so the people in the Arizona Jiu-Jitsu community could, could have that and listen to it. And we're still trying to, we're still trying to get commentator slots. Like, I, I think yeah. that it's kind of hard for me because oftentimes they'll be like, do you want to fight? And then I'll have to, like, I always want to fight. So I'm, I just say yes. Mm-hmm. But if there's ever an opportunity, if, if any promoters are, like, listening to this and there's like, hey, we don't have a guy for – we don't have a spot for Jake to fight or whatever or for Danny to fight too. Danny's a very talented jiu-jitsu athlete too. I think people forget that. When they come on the show, they're like, "Oh, Danny, do you do jujitsu?" And I'm just like, "Oh, <laughs> like, like, no, of course he does. He's That's like cool. super. I don't good. mind if they forget. Yeah, I you do. just gotta you gotta surprise them. But um, when you said, you know, if there's any, uh, you know, any people that run tournament or, or run super fight shows, you don't have to worry about that because nobody listens to the show. So it's just gonna be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the biggest audience that there's ever been just having two people on the show. <laughs> Are we your first, were your first double guests? Yeah, this is, this is my first couple that I've ever had. I, I didn't, yes. uh, I didn't put much thought into that until this morning. I was like, Oh man, I've never had two people on the show at one time. That's weird. Are you going to ask us yeah. like the newlywed game? I have my whiteboard. Yeah, here. So- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're doing it right now. We'll go newlywed game. You got to write your answer down, Jake. Let's say this. If you, if Jake was on death row and he gets to eat one last meal, okay? So it doesn't have to be like a three-course meal. If you name something, you know, if it's a steak, I mean, but if it's a steak, you got to make sure to guess what cut it is, okay? What, do you, Jake, do you have your answer? No, I don't have my answer. Yeah, there's so many foods I like. Oh, dude, you got to know. This is, you're on death row, man. I, I dude, I, what did I do? Let's what go, did Jake. I, I've got my I, answer in my mind. You got your answer? Oh, dang it. Okay, wait, wait. <laughs> It's just one word, okay? It could be anything. Hey, you can't be giving hints. You can't be what? Giving oh, hints yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. right. What did I even do to get on death row? Um, you straight ankle locked me. I became president, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I remembered. Wait, can okay. I get two guesses, actually? Yeah, sure. Sure, we'll right. give you two. First one's in and out. 
Guess, guess again. Uh, pasta. <gasps> Ooh. Ooh, pasta. Yes. So while we're while we're uh, while we're on pasta, where are you a red sauce guy, a white sauce guy? Red sauce, red sauce for sure. Rigatoni red with sauces, dude, is insane. It goes, it hits different. <laughs> It does. It does. It's so different. You kind of delivered that to me like I I was not aware of what rigatoni was like yeah. sausage was like. You know, have you ever heard of that? You know, like yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. He's an in and out burger. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah. But if mm. it's my last meal, man, like in and out's like something I like if I if I'm cheating or something like that on my diet, I'm like, man, what's a good thing I can get right now before I lose my mind? Then it's like in and out. Pasta takes time, dude. It takes love. It does. It takes like a, a patient heart, you know? It does. it does. And you can, and that's like, you know, when you're eating, it's not just about calories, proteins, and fats. It is about love, you know, and that is. And it's about <laughs> quantity. Like, I don't care. When I look at a bowl of pasta, I'm not counting the calories. I'm counting the bowls. Yeah. Like, I have to at least have three. <laughs> and I will force myself, dude. A 43-year-old sweaty Italian dude could cook a bowl of pasta. And if it's good, I can still feel a mother's love in that dish. You know what I mean? That is true. <laughs> That is true. Because somewhere the recipe came from a mother. Oh, without a doubt. 100%. Pasta 100%, was made yeah. by the Italian goddess. It was not made by, <laughs> it was not made by no Michelangelo or whatever. No, it was, yeah. pasta is its own <laughs> entity in the world that requires a certain level of intelligent culinary understanding to be able to even partially grasp how much it means to Jake Watson. It is a can we move you, on before I? You're, before I you're gonna, you're, yeah, you're gonna be <laughs> like, let's let's hope if you ever decide to get married that your <laughs> wife does not listen to this episode because when you have your wedding vows, there's no way they are gonna top your comparison to pasta. She's gonna be like, you felt this way about <laughs> pasta on a podcast, and you just came up with that on off the top of your head, and this is what you said during your wedding vows. Yeah, I just kept, I just kept talking. You know, sometimes <laughs> I just talk, and you ever seen that episode of The Office? Where he's like, sometimes I just talk and see where the conversation <laughs> takes me. Yeah, everything is improv for for me, dude. Dude, that's I don't. I'm not smart enough to hold on to thoughts too long. It's too <laughs> that is that's what podcasting is. So, um, do you? What is what date do you fight Lucas Valenti? June sixth. June sixth. Okay, so this podcast will come out just a little before it'll come out June. What is, what is the Monday, first Monday in June? I think June 2nd, 3rd, something like that. Who knows? It doesn't matter, but it'll come out before this, uh, uh, this fight. What are, do you have a super secret game plan that you're willing to share with us? Uh, uh, I've been watching a lot of Dan Gable lately. Uh, no, I'm gonna. So you're, you're gonna. No, oh, I'm gonna pull guard. Obviously, I always pull guard. <laughs> you're gonna pull. Well, what else do I do? Do you have you ever seen me do a judo throw before? No. Lucas has got a good guard. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, and he probably knows that's what I'm gonna do. You know what I mean? He, probably, he could he could look me in the face and be like, "You're gonna pull guard," and I'm yeah, gonna this, go, "Yep." <laughs> this guy's a guard puller. Do you think that you will? Um, do you think he'll play on top? I think that he'll if he has to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, third coast rules are a little wacky. Uh which is okay. I mean, they, they even, they watched my episode or our episode, they watched our episode and uh, they were like, Hey, you're going to love the rules. I promise. Cause I, I said on open guard cast going over the, the event, I was like, yeah, I don't really understand the rules. And daddy, I were laughing because we're like reading the rules, not understanding them. On and our they put own out podcast. the video of the rules, like literally the day after we released the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, man, like not one cool people are reacting to our episodes. Awesome. Two, 
I still don't understand the rules. <laughs> what, what do they have in the rule set that's – There's overtime. Okay, so I, I will uh, say this right now. I think overtime in jiu-jitsu is uh, – I think it's dumb, but yes. I don't want to say dumb definitively. Like I don't want to say – I think that, that we just haven't found the right way to do it. I think EBI rules are probably the dumbest thing ever, and I do mean that. Mm-hmm. um third coast grappling is trying to just like they're trying to make it exciting for the audience but i still think that overtime is just weird like if you want to make it more exciting you should just be really i think if we did like uh ibjjf rule set but really uh assertive with stalling calls like what if it was like okay you stay in the same position for 15 seconds like even that five seconds five seconds is a long time you could still make a point that like Three three penalties and then you're DQ'd. No one's gonna want to stall in fifty fifty or in lapel guard is a big stalling position that no one calls stalling on. Dude, lapel guard is super boring to watch. I'd rather watch mm-hmm. a fifty fifty fight than lapel guard fight because you can just wrap your lapel. And I'm not like bagging on anybody. I'm just thinking that like that's another position that should be called for stalling. And third coast is doing a good job. They put on awesome shows. I'm super excited to fight on it. I just think that overtime's pretty pretty weird. Like there's like a if, okay, so it goes to overtime. If you score, if you don't score 11 points, right? It's either first one to 11 points or a submission wins. But if it okay. doesn't go to 11, you could be up by like 10-0. And if it, the match ends and it's 10-0, you still go to overtime. So it rewards stalling in a way. If you can yeah. just play around the rules. Yeah, it's just like EBI. Just yeah. EBI submission only rules is like, I could just get destroyed the whole match and not get tapped out and still go to overtime and win the match. It's like you're not rewarding in a way. It's like you're almost not rewarding good jiu-jitsu. You're rewarding like good evasiveness. Mm-hmm. I could stall in any rule set. You could – You could. There, there is not <laughs> a rule too. set. You got a game plan there, to stall Yeah, there is not set. a rule set that I wouldn't figure out a way to stall. But I'm going <laughs> to give you guys this – is, this, is um, this is my invention of the perfect rule set jiu-jitsu and since you guys seem to have uh, a lot more drive to go out and do stuff maybe you guys can do something with this but beautiful i i really i'm really fine with ibjjf rules the big thing that i absolutely hate about them are the um the ref's decisions right because yeah. i'm american okay so <laughs> if you you know what i mean like if you were you know jake i you know i told you earlier i wouldn't bring up your race in the podcast but you're a white guy Right. And you know, so I lied. I did. I brought it up. Um, everybody knows now it's on the table. But um, yeah, Scottish, it, Irish, German. Yeah. You're, you know, like it, not I'm not saying that there's anything nefarious going on. I'm not saying that it never, you know, it never the white guy never wins the decision. I'm just saying, statistically speaking, it just happens a lot less. And um, so I think that having just the. <clears throat> Knowing that you are winning is the most important thing or knowing that you're losing is the most important thing. So having a criteria, if you watch wrestling, um, like, uh, like collegiate wrestling, you, even this, though the score is four to four, there is somebody winning because they have a criteria of ride time or they have a criteria of the last person to score or the last person to, or whoever had the highest scoring sequence, meaning if my takedown was a four-point takedown and you got two two-point takedowns, I would still be in the lead because it was a four-point takedown. So just okay. having something simple to where it gives us – like so to where ties aren't as um, common, right? If, if then – if every criteria is the exact same, then you could go to a referee's decision. But that's just one of the most frustrating things for me is when I'm competing against somebody and I'm like, man, I think I'm winning. It's two to two. 
so I should go really hard and then you open yourself up for, you know what I mean? Something because, yeah. you know what I mean? And so that's just something I've always, I, that, that's always frustrating to me is like, you know, you're just never sure if you're winning, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I think that's smart. If jujitsu can come up with certain different levels of criteria to indicate who is actually doing more in the match. I think it would require more referees. Yes. <laughs> which I, IBJJF yeah. probably doesn't want to do. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I mean, I like it. I just think that there's, there's got to be something that's fair for everybody, right? Yeah. Um, fight to win is like, <clears throat> as far as submission only rule sets go, I really like fight to win because I like the model. Mm-hmm. I think that the refereeing sometimes, like, like there's a lot of people who, for instance, recently, Roberto versus Gabriel made as like huge. People were like, Roberto got robbed. It's like, but then you're, you left it in the hand. First of all, they say, submit the fight, right? Obviously not always possible, especially with those two guys. Those guys, guys are monsters. I fought both of them. They've both submitted me. <laughs> so it's like, I, I know how good they are. I'm not saying that, you know, oh, boo, they should have done better. But I think the model of like, hey, whoever threw the most submission attempts out there, that's the criteria. Whoever tried to finish the fight more. And that should be it. And then after that, it's just who was more aggressive. So I think they're trying to follow a certain criteria. Um, but that's not really applicable for a tournament. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or at least it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. It probably could. It probably could be like, hey, here's a submission only, no point tournament. Uh, here's the criteria. There's three refs for every single event. Winner moves on. And that seems fun. But then it's a tournament, and then more people are going to find a way to stall around the rules and stuff like that. You yeah. know what I mean? You throw one submission and then lock them in 50-50. It's like, I people, no matter, I, don't, I don't do it. <laughs> no matter what the rules it is, I feel like people find a way to game it. Like yes, for EBI, sure. like you said, third coast, they're going to find a way to get into overtime. IBJJF, they're going to utilize the advantages. So it's, I definitely agree with you, Josh, like saying that there should be, you know, some sort of criteria like ride time in wrestling, something similar to that where there's less – discretion from from the refs but but yeah it's pretty hard i think every rule set you'll find some sort of loophole yeah for sure for sure i think also my this is my second idea for jujitsu i think at you know at a professional level um all athletes should be forced to be on steroids (laughs) i I love that steroid league i just you know just i mean then then it's even you know then then we you know like there's because there's no way we're going to get all the people that are on, I was going to name some percentage that probably was pretty close, but the 95% of (laughs) adult black belts that are on, there's no way we're going to get them off. So let's just take the guys that have the morals that say, Hey, no, I don't want to be on. I don't want to do this and say, Hey, let's compete. You've got to be on. You got to be on the gear, man. (laughs) Or here's another suggestion in powerlifting. They have tested and untested divisions. Okay. We could have a tested tournament for a certain amount of money in an untested tournament. You're sacrificing your health and the fact that you're going to die when you're 50. And then you're, say, you know, you're saying, hey, lovely, you can have, start a family and be healthy on this side, but less money, the kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's like $80,000 cash prize for the steroids guys to pay for their future health bills. And then the, the guy over here is like, you know, maybe a $5,000 cash prize, something similar to a Jits King. So basically what you're saying is every, every division would just be you, me, and Roberto Jimenez the whole time <laughs> in the untested or in the tested division and then mm-hmm. everybody else on the other side. Yes. And then the winner yeah, of your everybody... bracket faces the winner of the other side. <laughs> yes, but it, I am allowed to wear no gi and they have to wear a gi. Man. <laughs> yeah. See, and, and I can do heel curls. 
And that's like, I feel like the mastermind group that we have going right now, I don't see any problem that couldn't be solved. You know what I mean? Right now, what are, oh, what are, for sure. yeah. What are other problems facing? Let's get, let, let, let's think of it like this. What would you guys do to cure COVID-19? <sighs> this that's is, a big this one. Is tough. Yeah. That's so, a tough one. Uh, <clears throat> uh, oh man. Like, 15 different ideas just cycled through my head. None of them, none of them were okay for broadcast. Not a single, not a single idea was PG. Uh, hmm. I would, uh, I would fly. Okay. Do I have access to any uh, content that is fake? Like, could, let's say, because this is a bit completely hypothetical. Let's say hypothetically, I had Ant Man suit. Okay. Hypothetically speaking. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm in. Yeah. The te- we're, we're, the f- f- we're probably six months away from the technology. So yeah. That's okay. If we that. probably already have it. It's at yeah. area 51 or wherever. So uh, <clears throat> I get my uh, handy robotic fly that flies any distance. I ride on the back of that in my Ant-Man suit that I go okay. all the way down to the Pentagon, of course. Um, and I, you know, overhear some conversations over the next couple of weeks. You know, I snack on a couple of cr- crumbs because they're huge compared to me at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can survive for months off of this. Yeah, one piece of pasta, dude. You're gonna you're, one you're piece of pasta life. is my house. Rigatoni. Uh, rigatoni may be a little small for a house. Uh, I'm thinking more uh perhaps a masa trolley. Ooh um, man. Yes. Yeah. No no al forno sauce though because if I had masa trolley al forno my house would be in ruins would be in yeah. shit. So <clears throat> As I was saying before you guys tried to deter me from my ideas with pasta talk, I am stronger than that. Uh, I would overhear some conversations, you know, maybe listen, hey, what, what, what did Joe Biden have to say over here? Oh, Pentagon, super important papers are this way and this. Okay, cool. Oh, Mr. Obama, President, former President Obama. <laughs> did you say that there, COVID-19 is – you have the – oh, it's in here? Okay. So I'm, I get all the information over a long period of time, and then I find the cure because they have it. Uh, and then what I do is I put, I just find like the, (laughs) the hypothetical global ventilation system that is in the center of the U S it's like the one big sprinkler that goes to every sprinkler in the world. Yeah. 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 The whole U S this is hypothetical, by the way, I know every, I know there's multiple different sprinkler systems, but I like to think in my hypothetical universe, there would be one. And I would just pour like just enough in there. Just, just a drop. Just a drop, and then the whole United States, and then eventually the world, just from the breath of those who are cured, is uh, cures the world. This was stupid. This was a dumb. Thing. <laughs> this is the worst bit. This is the worst bit I've ever done in my life, and you let me run with it. Like, but how you, could you? You committed to it, man. You stayed with it, and yeah, I you're think. All in. I think we were going to start booing actually in a second, <laughs> but uh, you stuck with it the whole time, and that was what was really impressive. Um, I, I made this uh this post the other day uh they were talking about gary vaynerchuk on flow grappling i saw and that. uh and i i made a comment in like quotations gary vaynerchuk impression of, dude like I, that that is just what you reminded me of just now just you saying you owned it you stuck with it <laughs> right here i was like dude this guy is gary v just that's all he does it and, and it's always sucky when like like imagine if we just taught jujitsu like that like you know you're you have a guy that is just for the whole round trying to americana somebody on top of them from close guard and you're just like dude you know it was stupid it was a bad idea 
but you just kept pushing forward. And that was what we, that was what we're after. You know what I mean? We're just you owned it. Yeah. You, you owned it, man. In uh, your heart that, in here. <laughs> so I would never do that. that. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't either, but you know, maybe I, maybe you're, you're accusing me of being Gary V ish. Maybe I would, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> just back to the original question on starting a podcast, what, what is your guys kind of, um, you know, Jake, you kind of answered this, but Danny, you, you didn't as much. What is kind of your guys's end goal or, or big goal that you have for your podcast, if anything specific? Um, I think it's really just to spread jujitsu and try and get more people into it. I think we really try to like, not just talk about them as athletes and their competitions and training and stuff, but just try and get to know them as people and just, kind of make them more relatable because I think a lot of times you see these guys like Leandro Lowe and Marigali and you just think they're superheroes but a lot of times they're just regular people just like us every time they are so we're just kind of trying to get that side out of them and um, yeah just kind of let people know like how many interesting and different types of people are into jiu-jitsu and that pretty much anyone can get into it. Man that's that's really cool too because they're it's so common to um for people to like come into the gym and assume like, Oh, you're a black belt. That is that jujitsu is all you do. You know what I mean? Jujitsu is yeah. what you know, all you do. And I think that, I think that that can be good because it can, it, it is a lot of what, you know, people that are higher level do, but it's not everything. You know what I mean? Like there are yeah. so many other things and some people it probably is, but those people are losers, you know? And so <laughs> we don't want to, we don't want that to happen. And so just on that note, is there anything that you guys do, that people wouldn't expect like that isn't jujitsu related. Uh, Jake, you go first. Okay. <laughs> so like what's, I think what's, what what's a little interesting and what was very comparable to how you do it is like, we're not super, it's a conversation. Like a podcast shouldn't be like, we're here with Josh McKinney. Josh, how are you doing on this day? It is May 23rd, 2020. Josh is a, black belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu he's not brazilian though he does look oddly brazilian josh how are you this day you know what i mean like we're not like super talking over here all the time super stiff it's like a conversation we want to become friends with the community too so i think yeah. one thing that i think we do differently um you know we run a similar format like i i joke on the show this is a joke i tell all the time is that like i don't have a brain like i'm just super dumb and danny's super smart and I will pay Danny that compliment. Like the, the reality of the compliment is that Danny's like a journalist powerhouse. Like this guy knows freaking everything. Like I could ask him like what happened at this tournament in the final. And he would like think about it. He'd be like, I think it was this. And then look it up and it'd be right. <laughs> and I am like, I don't even remember my, you know, <laughs> I don't remember like certain fights that happened for me a year ago. So this is just uh, the cool dynamic that we have. One thing we do is – um we really get to the bottom of people. Like we talked to Malachi Edmund and that guy is deep person. Like, and he just, we just had him going off about anime and gaming. And I was like, dude, this guy's awesome. And, um, I think that one, we just try to run our podcast. Like it's a conversation, man. It's just super fun. Like I, I've never had more fun doing something like related to jujitsu. That isn't me directly doing it. than I do with the open guard cast. It is so fun. Yeah, I think to build off that, you mentioned Malachi. I was going to actually say, like, he's someone who, since I've watched him compete, he's just won everything. Like, pretty much all the tournaments he competed in, outside of, like, Worlds and Pans, he, which he'd still be on the podium. He he was always winning, doing really well. And, like, his backstory was just about how he lost for, like, seven years straight. 
So it was pretty cool to like, like to humanize him in that way. And he just talked about like how hard it was coming up and like all the struggles he went through. So like to get those kind of stories out of people, I think is, is really cool and really valuable for people listening. Cause like I personally thought Malachi was just winning gold medals in every single tournament he ever entered, but he was yeah. like telling us he didn't even win his first tournament until like nine tournaments in or something like that. So it was just, it was just pretty cool and different to, to hear that from him. And Devante, like the very first thing we took, we didn't even talk about jujitsu for the first like 20 minutes of the episode because he was talking about baseball and football. And <laughs> he likes tennis. Like I was like, dude, who is this guy? I, like this guy beat my ass like bad. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, like I, uh, I made a, an, I made a joke about a Yankees hat. And he told me that if I ever defaced the Yankees hat, like that New York would consider it sacrilege and I'd get like beat up. I'm like, dude, okay, man. <laughs> People get, yeah, people really get intense about sports teams. And I, I say that too, though, uh, like we do that in jujitsu too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If somebody, you know, if somebody ran around with your patch on and was like, these, these people are trash, you'd be like, oh, we got to stab that guy in the face, you know, <laughs> we've got to kill him. You know? Yeah. And so it's, it's funny that it happens like, but then we look at people that are really into specific sports and you're like, dude, look at you wearing that Patriots jersey. You don't even, you don't even know the Patriots, you know, you're, and it's like, you know, we do something really similar. It's like, I think it's, it's fun to realize the dynamic of people in jujitsu, though we are cool to other people in jujitsu, we're really just huge nerds mm-hmm. about jujitsu. Yeah, you know? 100%. I think that that is, you know, with this COVID-19 thing going on, um, I've had students message me and just you know, chatting with people being like, man, do you think people are going are gonna to come back to the gym? And I've heard a lot of people in, um, in business and stuff say like, yeah, people, you're going to have to change things. Things are not going to be the same for jujitsu. And I just disagree with that because a lot of normal people wouldn't come back to the gym, but normal people don't do jujitsu. It's not, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not a very normal thing. Like, oh, I went to this place where everybody could kill me and they started showing me how I signed the waiver and I'm going to now pay them monthly to continue to show me how to do it. And I'm going to sacrifice everything to make sure that I you know, go to the gym. You know, I'm going to work eight hours a day and then I'm going to drive straight to the gym and train for an hour and a half or two. And then I'm going to go home and that's going to be my day from now on. Normal people don't do that. You know, yeah. That's not a normal thought process. And so I think it's just so much fun to kind of see the dynamic of like, you know, how nerdy jujitsu guys are about jujitsu. And then usually it causes them to be nerdy about other things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, like once you get to, I know a lot of people make jokes about like blue belts, getting their blue belt and leaving the gym. But I feel like once you get to like mid midway through blue belt, close to purple, I feel like you're pretty much all in with jujitsu. Like people don't usually leave after that. They're pretty much obsessed because it's pretty hard to get to that point. So I, I mean, I don't see those people not coming back to jujitsu. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> those it, are the it, addicts. It is. And you, you know, you build such camaraderie with your team. Like th- those become your biggest friends and stuff because you're yeah. like, you know, I don't have any free time to do anything else, but train jujitsu. And these people have something really, in, you know, important in my life that we have in common you know, we're going to all probably keep training together and, you know, yeah. keep hanging out. And so that's like, you know, that's been, I think one of the toughest things for most people um, that are struggling right now because of COVID-19 that like they can't train jujitsu 
it's if they could still just go and hang out with their friends from jujitsu, it would make things so much better for them. You know what I mean? It'd be so much easier. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean like just your social circle, like how much it grows when you start jujitsu. It's like, you just start to meet these people from all these different walks of life. And it, it's crazy. Like, uh, yeah, it's just nuts. Like how many people you end up interacting with and how many new friends you make. So yeah, you know, it's kind of hard to find a social circle similar to that in like other realms. Sorry, no, I was going to say that, uh, I was going to say that like, especially starting as a kid, I was going to relate it to like me starting as like eight years old doing jujitsu was, I don't don't know any other social circle. That's all I was going to add. It was like, it's like me not having that. Like I have like five friends from high school that I hang out with, maybe, maybe five to seven friends and everybody else is like my family in jujitsu. So that's Mm -hmm. what I was going to add. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's interesting. Like I started a little bit later. I started when I was 14 and I, you know, people will will always ask me stuff like, well, what did you do before that? You know, what were you doing? What were you interested in? And I really don't have any good answer. I'm like, uh, nothing. You know, it was literally it one day, everything, oh, the world opened up and I was like doing jujitsu. And it was like, I think it happens for a lot of kids in different sports, but for me, it was jujitsu. I got in and I said, well, I'm going to be, you know, I'm still with the first coach I ever had. And I said, I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. You know, I'm going to just keep doing this. This is fun. I've never had friends before. I've never gotten to do anything like this before. And this is a blast. And uh, I, I think it's really, it's really cool. Like for people that, you know, that want to either try training or have left training for a while. And they feel like they lose all those friends. When you come back, everybody's so excited to see you again. And they're like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's, that's a really cool thing about jujitsu is do you guys so jake you said you have like you know a few friends from high school danny do you have any non-jujitsu friends i do because i didn't get into jujitsu until a little bit later so i was already in my early 20s when i started jujitsu so i grew up playing soccer and was on like travel teams club teams my high school team um so i had a lot of friends from from that scene um but yeah i would say most of the people i'm i'm friendly with now are jujitsu people but but yeah, like for you guys, I mean, it's probably completely different because you started when you were so young. So it's like, as you were growing up, you were meeting all those new people in jujitsu and, you know, a lot of people stay with jujitsu for a long time. So I'm sure like it's, it's probably different for me than it is for you guys. Real quick, Josh, how old do you think Daniel Donnell is? <laughs> I, I was going to be... say, I'm the oldest one on the podcast again. Okay. So this is, <laughs> so <laughs> this is, this is tough because I met Danny I know I was a purple belt when I met Danny. I remember. Um, And so when I was a purple belt, I was like 18 to 20, I think was how long I had my purple belt. So I was probably like 19 at the time. Man, I couldn't. So I'm 26 now. I would be really surprised if you were like much older than me. I'm going to, you know, you did say you're the oldest guy, but I'm going to guess. I'm just going to say 27. What is he at? 30 oh my gosh dude how do you even about still, 17 so can't grow facial even, hair how do you even train jujitsu anymore like you <laughs> yeah. like my body's supposed to be so yeah. broken the only, reason I, ask everybody, the only I just, reason I ask anybody how old he is anymore is because i cannot it does not work in my brain that he's 30 years old he does not look 30 years old i look the same age as him see i'm 22 had i have met you Danny, like just today, this is our first time meeting. I would have guessed way younger. I would have, but you know, knowing you, yeah. um, 
I think the first time we met was like, I think I forget what the tournament was called. It was like Cozen or something like Cozen. that. So this this is a pretty cool story too. I don't know if you want to tell it, but no, that was go. like the that was like the first professional jiu-jitsu tournament I ever went to. So it was like an eight-man purple belt, like invite only tournament. I think it was like maybe 170 or 180, something like that. And you got invited. Um, there were some guys from JW Wright School who got invited. My cousin got invited and I think it was, I think it was eight people. Um, but anyway, it was in this high school gymnasium and it was pretty packed actually. And they were just doing one match at a time, like fight to win style. And I remember Josh fought my cousin first round and, uh, my cousin's a beast. His name's Tim, Tim Lidickson and uh, super strong, really technical. And him and Josh just had a war. It was so fun. And then after I that, we uh we talked to you and your dad for a while so that was that was an awesome tournament that was it really was cool. i don't know why we just keep can we talk about a match that i win oh my <laughs> gosh uh but yeah i i fought tim and that i think it went into i think they had some weird overtime yeah it was definitely almost, went to overtime i almost feel like it went into multiple overtimes because they would do they used to do this thing where it was one minute overtimes first score and if there was no score, they would just restart you standing again, and you would keep fighting one minute overtimes until that's exactly would how score it went. I don't know how many overtimes it went to, but you guys kept going out of bounds, and you would pull guard yeah. and you try and pass. I remember it just being a super super tough fight. I almost feel like he took me down um, towards the end of one of the overtimes, but uh, then he like just dominated everybody else in the division. I was like, this yeah. this jerk. I hate this guy. <laughs> the hardest fight was definitely you guys, or the yeah, closest, that- I should say. Yeah, but that was that was cool, and then I think we fought to uh, not against each other, but we both fought on like respect three or four or something like that. Yeah, Is yeah, that I, think correct? Was, I think it was the third one. Yeah, okay, and so then and then we all I think we trained together after that too. Yeah, the next day we trained at uh, at JW school. Yeah, it's it's always tough to remember like how you met people because you you know you are friends with them on social media and stuff, and yeah. so I just like I'm like yeah I know Danny I'm like how do I know Danny? When did we meet? And then like, you know, I'm like, I know Jake. And then like, I'm walking with a limp and I'm like, Oh, that's how I know. Jake. You know? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That, that would be that. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I just, I don't know. I, I, that's like kind of how the open guard cast works too. It's like, I just try to like when I fight, I don't like to have no animosity or any, like, I don't like to be mean. Like I'm a guy that's in the bullpen, like trying to talk to you. If you're down to talk, like obviously mm-hmm. if somebody has their headphones on, I'm not going to go, Hey, <laughs> Hey, talk to me. I'm not, I'm not like that. You know, I'm not like socially awkward like that. I'm just like, you know, if people are talking they're like, Hey, what time do we go? I'll have a conversation with them. Uh, and I really like to get to know people. Cause I feel like when we're done competing, I'm going to wish that I had friends in the community. Cause I have big goals. Like I have like, I know Danny and I have these super awesome, like we know how far we can take everything that we do. Just like, you know how far you can take this and everything like that. And uh, I feel like we are well equipped to do it. We just got to keep, we don't want to sell out for nothing neither. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that makes us special is that we're like trying to all be friends with everybody in the community. Cause we love the community and the people are the biggest part of the community. So I just, I don't know. I, if you would have beat me that day, we, I feel like we'd have been the same level of friends because yeah. I would have talked after the fight anyway. Well, I think I almost, I want to say that you and I talked before the fight. Cause that's, I'm very similar to you with that. Like, um, just not, I, I don't, if I try to be angry and stuff, I don't do as well as a competitor. I do much better when I'm loose and I'm just, you know, I'm calm and I'm having fun. And so like, um, I'm almost sure that you and I, I don't remember what we talked about, but we had, I know we had some kind of conversation like leading up, just sitting in the bullpen, you know, talking about like, Oh, Hey, we're about to fight. 
you know, yeah. Oh, cool. What, what kind of shoes do you like, man? Yeah. Sweet. It was world's 2015. <laughs> that would have been, that, that was my time right. fighting Dante. I fought Dante Leon that year. And dude, like, I was like so upset with that fight. And I love Dante. Dante's a sick fighter. But he like totally it was just the weirdest fight ever. I thought it was gonna be an insane clash of styles, uh-huh. like epic. And then it just wasn't. It was a total it was a totally like slow fight that did nothing really happen. And I and I remember I lost by like an advantage. And I was so upset. I was like, dude, I wanted to win so bad. That was the quarterfinals that I mm-hmm. that I lost that year. And he was as a as a competitor, he's really, really good at playing the right game and he does that he, you seem like he, d- he does that with most guys but that was a perfect example of it is you know he recognized how you were playing and he you know was not his what you normally see out of Dante which is like super super forward and just always trying to get on your back and that's just not how he played against you you know what I mean and so I think it's really cool to to see that and to see how certain competitors can prepare for you know specific fights like for me it's like man i got like one move and if i hit you with it i'm probably gonna win 50 percent of the time but if i don't <laughs> like you know i don't know it's just well <laughs> we cross that bridge when we come to it it works 50 you know, of the time all the time all of the time you know and so you know that's pretty much all the whole fight is so uh, just kind of transitioning for this, I wanted to get into this earlier, but we've kind of been on about a 55-minute tangent so far. Uh, <laughs> what, we haven't really talked about anything. Yeah, what, what I really wanted um, to kind of talk to you guys about is just, um, you know, the, one of the big things we focus on in this podcast, uh, besides just like having fun on it, is talking about like training efficiently and effectively. And so, um, just on that, do you guys uh, and you, whoever can go first, uh, if we're looking at somebody that wants to start training and let's say the open guard cast is, um, is going on the road and you guys are doing seminars together, you know, as, as co-podcasters, we had actually, before this podcast started, we had talked about you guys sharing a bed for some reason. I don't know why <laughs> I was involved in that conversation. Something about a twin size bed you guys were going to share. I don't know. Weird, but I'm just interjecting. On, yeah, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm interjecting. Go ahead. That, wow. How could Talk about throwing under the bus. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I am so far underneath that bus. I'm dead. I said. being crushed. I just, Danny, uh, Danny was talking about coming to third coast and I said, Hey Danny, we're not, you know, after our hundredth episode, we can start to share a bed. We can't share a bed yet. It's our 22nd episode <laughs> lately. Twin okay. Size. Okay. That I, don't, is, I don't even fit a twin size bed alone. That is <laughs> what was said. That is what was said. I, I was just, <laughs> I was just throwing that one in there, but back to, back to it. You guys are teaching a joint seminar. Let's say I am a, uh, let's say I'm a blue belt. I just got my blue belt. And I ask you guys, I'm like, hey guys, I suck at jujitsu. How do I suck less at jujitsu? What what would you guys tell me? I'll let Danny go first. I would say that you should probably start by focusing on one thing at a time. I know this is something you talk about, Josh, but I feel like a lot of times people are really scatterbrained in jujitsu. And I fall victim to this all the time. Like I want to work on everything. Mm-hmm. But I think if you kind of focus on one position at a time and really understanding it, then it gives you something to build off of and that can lead to other positions. Um, so I think obviously keep an open mind and just start with whatever position you naturally gravitate towards, put time into that, and then keep working your, your way up from there. 
And there's Danny said, keep an open mind. An open guard is an open mind, just by the way. <laughs> uh, True. Yeah, I, I, I second that. And I think the consistency, just like, like if you're trying to build muscles at a gym, right? You can't go twice a week and then once a week and then three times a week and then once a week and then not that week and expect to get like any sort of real good progression. You should go as often as you can. And I think that uh, a little bit of time studying just like what Danny said, the positions and really dedicating it to yourself as if you're trying to learn like a different skill. Keep in mind, it's just a skill. It's just a big skill. So if you can really dedicate yourself and, and remain consistent with jujitsu, and you're talking about a new blue belt. I know we joked about it earlier, like they're going to quit, but like a lot of, a lot of people get their belt and they do take a vacation and they do become a little lax because white belt's hard, man. Like white belt is hard to get past like three years sometimes of your life that you're the same belt and you're the ball, you're lining up at the end. Like you're always the beginner student. And then you get your blue belt. You're like, Oh my God, I'm blue belt. And then you take a little break that happens. And it's very real. It's man. When I got my black belt, I really like felt this kind of like lethargic feeling because I was like, man, I, I just dedicated 13 years of my life to jujitsu and I finally did it. And then all of a sudden it took me like, like having a tournament coming up to be like, Oh dang, like now I got to win. Mm -hmm. So I was in a little bit of a different situation, but I think just staying consistent with jujitsu is so important for a new blue belt to do. And dude, I didn't even think about joint seminars. We should do a joint seminar. You know how sick that would be. Oh my God. You can do I all really the teaching. I was really hoping that I you guys that. would just have totally different answers to that question. Like Danny would be like, focus on one thing. And Jake would be like, focus on everything. <laughs> that would have been, that would have been awesome. That would Improvise been, until you make it. Yeah. It's just, yeah. just keep doing crazy stuff. Uh, so then I wanted to, so that's usually actually my question that I finish with on the podcast, but with you guys having your own podcast, and this is something that I was asked on my show before. And I was really curious as to your guys' answer, if you could, and you both can answer, if you could have anybody on your show, you know, regardless of anything, uh, we could even say dead or alive, who would you have on your show? I want to have, like, okay, so I have two answers. All right. Okay. My first answer is someone who's alive. I want to have ben, Benson Henderson on our show. I feel like that he is a. Uh, an extremely good example of a great father, a great husband and a great role model. And he's also seen the high, the highest high in MMA mm -hmm. and he's seen the jiu-jitsu community as well. And he's been an active member of that. So I think it would be so super beneficial to have him on the show. Um, just because I, I like, not only is he one of, I don't really like have to have heroes because I'm, you know, I don't like to see anybody in the world as a hero, but uh, if I did have one, he'd be one of them. And then de uh, dead or alive, just like a, just like an outlier to have on the show to be able to talk to. Um, man, probably. I think I'd like to have Henzo Gracie on. Ooh, having, Hen having Henzo Gracie. You know, Henzo's not dead, right? <laughs> but you're seeing dead or alive, and we're so and we're, like he doesn't. He probably does not even know that a person could be named just Jake. <laughs> like I am so not in his scope of people who he knows. You know what I mean? Like he does not know me at all. And like, that's just my name, by the way, is just Jake. There's no Jacob. So uh, he probably I did not know why. your name is just Jake. It's just Jake Watson. Yep. And there's no Jacob. So Dude. apparently I was named after a New Zealand cult film actually. So there's a, there's a New Zealand cult film called uh, once were warriors. And, I'm not even going to explain it because the plot of it is super dark. Uh, there were uh, there was a time where my dad named me where he was, uh, you know, he really likes beer. And uh, and 
name me during that time. And man, it was, uh, I, I don't, yeah, I tell people who've seen the movie, you know what I mean? Like I met a girl from New Zealand one time and she was like, and I told her, do you know the movie Once for Warriors? She's like, yes. How do you know that movie? I was like, oh, I was named after that movie. <laughs> she didn't talk to me uh, uh, after that. It was a pretty, it's a pretty dark movie. Dude, I feel like that would be a really good like um, way to meet girls in New Zealand. Just be mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm Jake. You know that movie? Like, oh, yeah, yeah I've heard that. <laughs> it would not be because the movie is about a guy who beats his wife. Anyway, oh, uh, no. yeah, <laughs> horrible movie. Yeah. So uh, I, I totally went on a tangent about myself. I apologize. Danny, uh, <laughs> is your turn to <laughs> I thought I thought of my answers like halfway through yours, but I think the first one would be Ryan Hall just because he was like such a high-level jiu-jitsu competitor and he made such an awesome transition to MMA. And I love the way he fights MMA, which – I know a lot of people don't, but he's just so like good defensively and he balances that with like these really unique attacks. So mm-hmm. I think Ryan Hall and, and he's just a genius. Um, and then Crone Gracie would be another one. Ooh, just because I haven't, I haven't heard him on a podcast before and like his jujitsu is just incredible. And I, I really like the way he fights MMA too. Mm-hmm. Having one of the Diaz brothers would be cool too, to be honest. That, that would be fun, man. I, yeah. I always think about it though, that like, like someone <laughs> like Crone, he, he's scary to me. He's, I think he's laughing at my reaction to the Diaz brothers. I was like, yeah. Did you saw the Diaz brothers? I saw the most mundane. the most mundane reaction I saw ever. This interview with Nick Diaz recently. It was maybe a year ago now, but he was just like giving one-word answers. You just like couldn't get anything out of him. I was like, I'm not going to be the guy to to pull anything out of Nick Diaz. Yeah, I, I, like, whatever mood he's in, that's what that's what you're getting. Yeah, it's, but it's it's like that. That's a perfect example, though. There there are people that I don't want to have on my show because I'm afraid of them, and yeah. I don't, you know, like, I don't I'm terrified of them. You know, yeah, like with 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 Hinzo, I'm sure that I would be talking to Hinzo, and he would, you know, he would ask me something about like. Yeah, yeah, I hate guard pullers. And I'd be like, oh, um, well, I pull guard sometimes. And then you would just see him reach up on his camera, and then he would just be off the show. And I'd be like, oh, that interview sucked. Well, I would post it, and that'd be hilarious. Go <laughs> For sure, dude. I think that uh, – you know what's funny is we've, we've never had anybody come on our show and ask us questions except for one guy. It was a whole, or a Rolando Sampson. Mm. He actually asked us questions, and it was so fun. Dude, that that that's so awesome! Like that they get that it's yeah, it's an interview podcast, but again, it's a conversation, so you can ask us anything. You know what I mean? If a guy comes on our show and the first thing he does is ask us a question, cool. Like <laughs> the show's about you, brother. Mm-hmm. Like you can do whatever you want on my show. Yeah, <laughs> don't get naked. <laughs> <laughs> or do I, if you're on this one. Yeah, exactly. See, like on this guy, <laughs> in this episode, you know, I go bottomless every episode. You know, I've talked oh, about yeah, that. I mean, before. that's a given. Every yeah, really. Does that. The camera, the camera only hits, you know, only hits like mid chest. You know, I'm good. And so, um, it just, I feel like I can think better if I have no restrictions. And so that is why you, know, you go bottomless on the podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's from uh, Thor. The guy from Thor did that too. Is that true? Yeah, the doctor from Thor. He he like. Oh yeah, you're right. It. You're right. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's, I was going to say that that was an underrated movie, but the second one is, I love, yeah, I love the first one and the third one, but the second one, it, it's not as good. It's It's just not funny. It's just dark. And you're like, oh, this is weird. It is. It is. It's pretty dark. And, um, you know, Skyrim for my taste. Yeah, exactly. Like I, but I feel like the coming back with the third one, the third one was so good. They did such a good job making that's just saying, you know what, we're going to take our coolest, toughest guy and make a mockery of him through this whole, you know, this entire 
<laughs> this entire show. And so, I, yeah, I really like that one. I dig that one. Okay, so uh, just to finish off, also on the note of having people that ask you questions on the podcast, I think that, that probably I've only had one person do that too, and that was um, hey, Jamie Kilstein on, who is a uh, um, has a podcast. He's a comedian. Yeah, he's his a podcast Bumble is suggestion. really good. It is, yeah. And so, um, you know, he's um, it's kind of weird how we met. He's my one of my six year old students' uncles, and he came in town one time, and I didn't know who he was. We trained, and one of my students goes, "Hey, uh, that guy's famous." And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I've seen him on Joe Rogan before. And I was like, really? And so like, I start talking to him and he becomes one of my friends, but you know, he's a super, super professional podcaster. You know, he's um, had a few really big ones and then he has one right now that he still does. And so him coming on, he asked, I was like, man, I feel like I'm getting interviewed. Like I should have prepared for this. I don't, I don't, I only know how to ask. I don't know how to answer all these questions, but uh, that could be really fun. But we're a little over an hour right now. So just always like to finish on this note for you guys, because people always have cool stuff to say if they're interesting people. Is there anything that either of you guys want to say to finish? About what? <laughs> anything, dude, anything that you, that you, you could just be like, yeah, June 6th comes up. Be sure to watch me. Be sure to get your Jake Watson t-shirts, something like yeah. that. You can, <laughs> Anything you want. You guys can plug your own podcast right now. You guys have the floor. Um, shout outs to Break New Ground, Gee Sponsor. Shout outs to the Open Guard cast. You guys can follow us and listen to us. Uh, I, I am trying to come up with uh, different things I can do, like to introduce the episode and everything like that. As soon as this whole thing is over, we're going to be making like different additions. You know what I mean? Because Danny and I do it co host. We want to like eventually come up with a studio and everything like that. It's going to be sick. Um, just yeah, man. Follow us. We we're gonna have Josh on for sure now. He has to come on our I show wouldn't now. Do Sorry, that if I were you, you guys, to. he's gonna take over. Just one hundred percent, you're gonna take over our podcast because we took over yours. I and then stay, we're gonna have you I back on stay again. Very, <laughs> I stay and very politically correct. I I stay very politically correct on my podcast, but I get super racist on other people's podcasts. So <laughs> hey, man, I just, I'm white. You, what are you gonna say? You guys have been warned. Just so you guys know. Hey man, you can't make me feel bad for the mistakes of my ancestors. It's okay. No, no, it's all Asian. It's all anti-Asian stuff. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's it's super. You know, like it's super offensive. And we won't so, chime in. We'll just listen to you. <laughs> I think it's okay. That's why I said I didn't want to have Jackie Chan on the podcast because <laughs> yeah, I knew that that he's would been offend messaging you. us constantly. Yeah, he's been messaging us, and I know that if we brought it up, this one thing we did talk about, we didn't want to talk about before the show was. Josh was like, dude, just don't bring up any Asian people. And oh, I was dude. like, okay. <laughs> kind of left field. I can't bring up any Asian person I know. That's yeah. cool. Or anyone who even Asian. looks Asian. Like if you're white, but you kind of, your eyes are a little squinty, don't bring them up. You know That's why I, mean? I said my friends from high school, I have a friend in high school whose name's Austin. He's half Asian. So oh like, my gosh. I would, you wouldn't if, know it unless you asked. If I was allowed to pick one person to fight to the death, Without any repercussions, it would be Austin. Just for- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, uh, we're definitely having you on for sure. Yeah, that, that went off the rails. Okay, Danny, if there's, is there anything you want to say to finish on, on, this, on that note? Um, no, I'm going to completely change the subject. I think uh, everyone should watch Jake on Third Coast Grappling, June 6th. Oh. The bracket is super stacked. There's, like, a bunch of world champions in it. Um, and then after that, he's going to be on 
just King and then maybe fight to win after that. So obviously keep, just keep up to date with our social media and stuff. We're going to post everything about Jake and Josh. We really want to have you on our podcast. So hopefully that happens really soon. Yes, of course. I'd, I'd be happy to be on. Um, if you, yeah, if you guys get the chance, be sure to watch Jake. He's a very exciting competitor. If you're not fighting him and losing sponsorships because of it. but uh, I feel so bad about that, dude. <laughs> you know what's funny is like shortly after that, I got sponsored by Kings. Oh, man. You that should photoshop been... that company's logo onto Jake as he was getting his hand raised. <laughs> they, well, it wasn't Kings. So at least they didn't like, they didn't cut me. So I actually, this, <laughs> this is, I know we're over, but this is actually another funny story about sponsorships. So one time, I got sponsored. It literally was the most random thing in the world. I got a message from this girl who I don't know. And she goes, Hey, Josh, follow you on Instagram. And I really thought, you know, we're looking for sponsors for Maeda. And she's like, we don't sponsor any non-black belts, but we can give you this black belt sponsorship. And so like I had been sponsored by a few things and they would like send me t-shirts to wear. And that was the sponsorship. Well, they send me this contract and it was like over the top. Like as soon as I looked at it, I was like, well, this is stupid. I definitely don't deserve this. Like I am nowhere near as good as she thinks I am, but I am signing this and <laughs> sending this back. And so like, like they had like a, a, a number, some ridiculous number, like we will send you this much worth of gear. I was like, I could run my gym with that much worth. This, like, this is crazy. And so they send me all kinds of stuff. Everything's going great. Well, then she, um, I don't know if she gets fired or she quits or something, but things don't, you know, she's not, she's no longer my contact. They, they didn't want to sponsor me anymore. They weren't, uh, they were kind of like, like, I think they did. The new guy came in and was like, Hey, who is this? Who is this kid that we're, that we're sponsoring. This is a really bad business choice right now. And, she had uh, some sort of ulterior motive. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, but she was uh, into yeah, you. yeah, I don't. I don't were, she found out you were married and quit. Yeah, I'm not above. <laughs> I wouldn't be above that. And my, you know, like if if I told my wife, like, hey, you know, these people want to pay me this much amount of money per month to wear their geese, and the only reason I'm getting it is because this lady's got the hots for me. She would be like, how much? How much are they sending you? <laughs> what, 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 what do you mean? $100 a month. What? Yeah. She'd be like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. See ya. <laughs> that's, that's enough for me. You know, put it in my name. Uh, put it in my name. Yeah. But that is, yeah, that is everything. All the questions that I have for you guys and all the energy that I have to, to put into this podcast because you guys just wear me out. You talk way too much. But uh, <laughs> that is all I got. Thank you guys for being on the show. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for, for having, having us. On. We really appreciate it. That was super fun. And there is your episode. Uh, I really appreciate Jake and Danny both being on. I would love to have those guys on again sometime. Those, those two are, uh, as you guys, I'm sure you laughed during this episode. As you guys know, those two are just a really fun group of guys. I really enjoyed chatting with them, just talking jujitsu. And it really, it was the first time I ever did an episode with three, uh, three people at the same time. Right. And I, it really gave the feeling of, and, and maybe if you're not a competitor, you don't run into this as much, but there are certain tournaments like worlds or pans or uh, just something big where you travel to them. 
and you see faces that you only see at those tournaments. Uh, they're your friends, but you only see them, you know, once or twice a year because, like, it, you're, you're less likely to just say, "Hey, I'm going to make a, you know, a 20 hour drive to, you know, go hang out with you guys for a weekend." You know, but you'll make a five hour flight to go and compete in that same area. So uh, it's really common to have friends like that. That like. Uh, jiu-jitsu competitive friends and that's how I feel I am with uh, Danny and Jake the times that I talk to them the times that I see them besides just like messaging on Instagram for whatever reason are when we're at Worlds when we're at Pans and it, it's it, it sucks because we're not able to do that this year uh, with coronavirus Pans and Worlds are both canceled you know there are a lot of those friends that you see once or twice a year and you don't get to see them this year and so as much as that sucks, um, as frustrating as that is, it was really cool to still get that feeling to get to sit down with two of my buddies, which would have been really common. Um, you know, we get to the tournament and it's Purple Belt Day and I see my two friends, Danny and Jake, and I go sit down by them and just intrude on their conversation and, you know, talk to them for an hour. That's super common for jujitsu. So it was really cool to get that feeling, even though we didn't have worlds or pans this year. And uh, I really, I really miss that. And I know that there are probably people out there like me that do. Maybe people that wanted to compete at Worlds or Pants for the first time this year. And they were discouraged. They weren't able to do it. I would love to hear from you guys if that happened. If you were going out to compete at these tournaments and you just, you couldn't do it. You know, maybe even you had to cancel your flight. You had to cancel your everything, your hotel for it because you had already had it purchased. You had planned on and worked so hard for these tournaments and, and you can't do it. Uh, that can be very frustrating. I remember when I was a blue belt, I was really, really sure that I uh, had a chance to win PANS. And uh, right before PANS that year, I got mono and when you have mono you can't train um it's supposedly very dangerous because your liver can swell and if you get hit in the liver when it's swollen it will explode and you will die a very gruesome death and so i didn't want that to happen and so i wasn't able to compete it was very frustrating and uh you kind of have that feeling this year at least i do uh with worlds i was not able to compete my jiu-jitsu has felt better than it ever has before by far. Um, I really was excited to get to, uh, I told you guys that I have invented my own guard and I was so excited to get to play it. I was so excited to get to play this guard system that I literally have spent the last eight months working on every single class. And uh, I wasn't able to do it, it was frustrating, but you know what, you live and you move on. There are people that, uh, that probably have it much worse than the guy that is a black belt and couldn't play the guard he wanted to, you know? So as we, uh, as we move forward, our next episode is number 50. It's the big one. It is what we have been pushing towards, what we've been hoping for, what I'm so excited about. I promise you, you guys will love this episode. Uh, I know you guys love most of the episodes. I always get so much good feedback, but uh, if you're listening to episode 49, most likely you've liked some of the other ones, one through 48. And uh, so that will be what we are doing. That will be our um, kind of our big part in 
uh, or, or our big thing that we've been pushing towards. So really excited about the Perfect Practitioner. Episode 50 comes out next Monday, June, what is that, 7th or 8th? I don't know. You guys can figure it out. Next Monday, it comes out. You guys are not going to want to miss it. You guys are not going to want to miss the free giveaway of the ebook slash audiobook either. You guys have a great rest of your day. I hope that everything goes good for you this week. I hope you're back to training. I know June 1st, a lot of people were able to get back. And most importantly, I actually think being back to training is more important than sucking less at jujitsu right now, but it's always how I finish the show. So I hope that you guys suck just a little bit less at jujitsu.